everybody. <laughs> it's Ken and Glenn. No, it's then again. Then again with Ken and Glenn. Oh, uh, we were rushing. We both wanted to rush we're in just and talk. Trying to get in there because we it's wanted, the gold it's a gold rush. We want to get in there and get that gold Say, and Glenn. finish up. We're done. Glenn, did you know that a gold rush is a new discovery of gold, sometimes accompanied by other precious metals and rare earth minerals, that brings an onrush of miners seeking their fortune? It may surprise you, but I did know some of that. How did you know that? Because I read an encyclopedia when I was five years old. Wow. Well, and you live in, in North Georgia, you know. I do, just down the road. Right, just down the road from Dahlonega, home of the first gold rush in the U.S. Or was is it? it? Or was it? Or have they? Oh, the gold rush. It is such an interesting thing, not just Georgia's gold rush. There had been one big national gold rush in North Carolina that didn't amount to much. <laughs> and then the the real f- had one big eighteen pound rock. It was like one giant. There rock. was a one giant. Well, there were two. There were two giant rocks: the eighteen pound one and a twenty pound one. And then the rest of the gold was encapsulated and encased in veins of quartz, which is the hardest way to mine yes. it so, and the least profitable so way to mine said, it. Eh. Wait, what's that we hear about Georgia? <laughs> so, depending on which version of history you want to. Uh, to go by. It was Benjamin Parks. It was a couple of other fellows. It right. was what's now Lumpkin County. It was White County. They don't really know. Streak. They don't know. But but for a fact, probably the first public notice was in a Milledgeville paper that right. said, basically, guy found gold up in Cherokee country. Hey, don't go there. It's not legal. So, <laughs> so naturally, no one went. <laughs> no one Rushed, as yeah, it and, were. And, you know, and, and just to, to take this down to a fundamental level, this, yeah. is, this is important. This is when, when I talk to my classes about it. You want to rush to get the gold. Why gold? Why not rush to get land? Well, there had been land rushes. Right. The idea with gold is it is a precious metal. If you find enough of it, you get rich quick with an incredible minimum of labor and effort. Exactly. That's the dream, to become suddenly rich with about two days' worth of work. Right. And that's, of course, gives rise to, you know, the in the popular imagination, the minor 49er, you know, the, a, a grizzled old prospector with a pan and a mule, and he's sifting, and oh, and now he's striking. Don't forget the pick over his shoulder. Got a pick over his shoulder. Why, why do you need that pick to, to dig up the riverbed? I, I don't know. <laughs> but, but anyway, but that's, you know, that gives rise to the, the individual gold miner. And, of course, when you're talking gold, do you think in the long run it's the individual miner that's making the fortune? It's them big old factions coming in. Well, it's jo- fa- George Hurst and his operation. It's the factions, <laughs> and and this is the part most people don't realize. It's not the miners making the money. Right. It's the people who, who set up a store yes. and set up a shop and sell supplies to the exactly. miners. So the person making the money off the actual gold is the big companies that come in and start and can buy the land and mine it. Yeah. And then the other people that make the money, as you said, are the people serving the prospectors going yeah. in, and the prospectors. Seeing all this money around him and and, and see that's just it. So the legend of gold in this area is what had drawn DeSoto up as far right. uh, up as far as and as you pointed out, Georgia. I mean there there is I mean the There's, Cherokee and and the and the Yamacraw and the Yamasee up in the Carolinas they knew well of course it wasn't them then it was it was the Mississippian people yeah. the Mississippian people knew that gold existed. But they also didn't have the technologies to mine it. Right. So, you know, the flakes and stuff, they could beat small amounts and small pieces of jewelry, this, that, and the other. Yeah. But the big stuff, no. And, you know, it's, and there's just enough for them to go, well, yeah, DeSoto, there's gold. We, we get it. It's right over that hill yeah. over there. It's Leave right us alone. Hill, right? Leave us alone. But that's where it is. I don't know why you want it. There's, I mean, there's like, you know. Yeah. So, so it's not like it was unknown, but there wasn't, the, the big loads hadn't been found. 
And even if they had been, there wouldn't have been the technology to mine it by right. the Native Americans. Right. And then, you know, DeSoto goes on his merry way, not finding anything except dysentery and death and a big river. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so yeah, so when the, you know, the, the European colonists come in and then we get our war for independence, yay. Now people are starting to settle these valleys where, this, where these mines or where these veins are going to be. Right. And, and they have the technology to, to exploit it when they do find well, it. Well, and, and, and yes, yeah, so the people who first come in are the placer mines. Those yeah. are the people that come in with pans. Right. And they're trying, placer means in place. Right. You're basically going along the surface, usually of a stream, and finding the things that are just laying out on top of the ground. Right. That's the initial, that's always the initial because obviously all you need is, is a pan and a pick and a mule. Right. And you can make a fair amount of and money doing can. it. And the Dahlonega Gold Rush, I keep saying Dahlonega, I shouldn't. The nor- we'll come the back to that in a second. The, the Northeast Georgia, Georgia Gold, gold rush, rush does take out a lot of gold. I think over, t- I, I had to look this up on Wikipedia to find out uh-huh. the exact amounts. But apparently during the main run between like 1829 and 18, right before the Civil War, 1850 mm-hmm. or 60, they took about $1 million of those in, in gold, about about 48,000 pounds right. of gold along what is that, that main vein in right. northeast Georgia. That's a lot of gold. Yeah. However, it's also virtually, because uh, I've, I've read about this too, and we've got a display on it here at the History Center, but about 70% of that gold that was mined in that period was in the first 12 years. Yes. It, the, in other words, the easy pickings played out really fast. Right. And you really only had like a good solid 29 to about 41, 42. And then after that, th- that's when it became just the big corporations that had the, you know, the machines that could crush the quartz. The, and the and hydraulic mining. The oh, hydraulic mining. And oh. that kills the environment, people. Yeah. When you go, when you, okay, so let me back up. Because I said that <laughs> I, 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 I took Dahlonega out of that because when it all started, of course, there was no Dahlonega. Right. There was that gold area up there where the Cherokee are. Well, the people went in even before the Cherokee had been removed, and in right. the land lottery, a gold lot was only 40 oh, let's acres. Let's do a quick sidebar. Okay. The gold is not the reason the Cherokee were removed. The Georgians had been working on removing the Cherokee since 1804. The, the, the Indian Removal Act 1830 was an all-encompassing thing. Now— it didn't help keep it, whites off that there was gold it, there. No, but that's not it's the not reason. The reason it 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 sped so there, things along. Internet. Yeah, it sped things along. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there we go. That's so, a quick so, yeah, so yeah, so so they're finding the gold. Well, as we've pointed out, when people come into mine for the gold, they need infrastructure uh, because you can have a lump of gold, but if you have no means to transfer that into money for to go into your account, right. it's useless. And if you can't eat. You know, if you don't have food there, so so of course settlements start, and the biggest settlement was called Auraria, which is gold. AU for gold. AU for gold, and then a, a little upstart town down the road called Dahlonega that was just a podunk place. But when Lumpkin County was formed, and they were trying to figure out where to put the county seat, the county seat ended up going to Dahlonega, and it's because of that that Dahlonega exists today as a huge tourist attraction and a cool town, and it has Georgia's oldest extant uh, courthouse. Right. And Auraria is literally a historic marker on the side of the road, <laughs> even right. though at the time it was it right. was a huge deal. Thus are gold rushes, people. That is important boom to Boom and bust. It's boom and bust. Yeah. And uh, you know, we're, of course, recording this in Gainesville, and uh, 
as part of that that heyday of, of when the gold was really coming out, the fellow that built the private mint here to oh Templeton Reed. So this guy, yeah, a guy builds it. Hey, I'm going to solve this problem of I'm going to make the gold into coins now. He just decides to do it. He has no authority from the United States government to mint money. Nope. So why don't you tell the folks what happened to so, him? So <laughs> well, let me let me back up and explain. So so when you take the gold out of the ground or its dust or its nuggets again, that doesn't grant you immediate wealth. You right. have to make that gold somehow money that you can spend. And this is the time when silver is an gold asset, coins. but you got to make it liquid. So yes. Yeah, so so in the first few years, what would happen is. You would either have to sell that gold to someone who would pay you an actual payable money, or if you had enough, you would transfer it to the nearest mint. The main mint in the United States at that time was in Philadelphia. <laughs> so you would take your gold dust and lumps of gold. It would go to Philadelphia. The mint would melt it, process it, and turn it into gold coins, and you would get those gold coins back minus a fee. Why go all the way to Philadelphia when Templeton Reed can set up a mint right here in Georgia? It's, is it legal money? I don't know. Does gold have intrinsic value? <laughs> um, so he operated for a little while and it became... And actually, do you know this? I don't know this, so I'm going to ask you. So when he made his mint, when he, was, when he was minting the coins, was he just breaking them down into discrete units of weight, or was he actually stamping, you know, $1, whatever? Both. It was, uh, it was both because okay. that's how you, you determine the denomination Cause, and the Because at least if he's stamping the weight on it, it's a true weight, he... Whoever well, has that coin can then go to a legitimate well, it, place. Well, it wasn't. It didn't have the weight stamped on it, much as the the, the U.S. mint did. Uh-huh. They would make the coin blank right. a certain weight by right. law. Right. Right. And this was a dollar. Well, they didn't have dollar. Five dollars worth right. of gold in this coin because, right. and you know, it's right because it says U.S. mint. Right. The reason Templeton Reed went out of business, the main the main reason, was because people began to question the quality and purity of the gold that he was putting on a $5 gold coin. Is this really what the U.S. Is, Mint says is, is $5? Yes. Is it, is it really only about $4.5 yeah. worth of gold that says $5? And, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot to us, but back in those, back in the 1830s, well, 50 cents is a good it, amount it, of money. It's still 20% of your value. Exactly. Yeah. In percentage terms, no, I don't, you it, know. It's significant. Yeah. So. So it so he did not, and then he had to run out of town and, and things like that. But <laughs> it's interesting because of all the minted coins in United States history, as I understand it, the Templeton Reed coins minted right here in Gainesville uh-huh. are of the highest consistent value when you can find one that comes up to auction. You're talking three, four, maybe four and a half million dollars. Uh, and this is because for of their a, scarcity, the, the uniqueness Reed. of yes. it. Yeah. Wow. Yes. But you know we. We talked. You talked about you know Aurora being you know basically a, a marker now, and Delonica being a real town. That's whole boom and bust cycle. Uh, I think one of both of our favorite TV shows on HBO, Deadwood. Uh, we plug a lot of HBO shows. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get a sponsorship. Live Get on that corporate sponsorship. But uh, but seriously, it uh you know what I think what one of the things both of us love about that show is that. You know, all the characters, the town, the actions are, are based in historical fact. But whether they follow the actual strict timeline or not, the world they create, once again, is absolutely spot on. So this this whole concept of what would a gold rush, and that's what Deadwood is. It's, right. you know, the, the, the gold rush in the Black Hills. What would a gold rush town, especially one, you know, beyond the frontier, what's going to coalesce, what's going to play out, 
but what, what's daily life in this place going to be like? And, and we see the yeah. stuff we talked about. We see the small one-person operation up against the big company coming in mining large scale. Well, and, and at first, of course, it is all those individual Right, planes. it is, precisely. And, and who gets rich in the town? The people who the, the, are selling liquor, the, the, who yep. are selling shovels, and who are yep. gambling and prostitution. Well, when you know, it's all when, men when, on when, the frontier. When, when Seth people. Bullock, main, you know, one of the main characters, he and his partner Saul come to town. They don't come. He's a successful. He's a he's a sheriff and or a marshal in other towns. Saul's an, uh, an entrepreneur. That you know, they're, they're not hard scrabble guys. They hear about this big, rich strike. Oh, let's let's go capitalize on that rich strike. Yeah. They don't come up and buy a mine. They come in with wagon loads of gear and hardware and set up a hardware store. Yep. And they set up in a tent and within weeks have built a store out of timber because they're doing so well. Doing, yeah, because you know. they've got to have something. And, and uh, much as, as, as is very frequent, so you have those individual claims. It's not because they're individual claims. None, no one of them is really striking it super rich over the other ones. Right. But when the outside interests come in exactly. and start buying up the claims, it's merely a it's it's a matter of volume, right? Absolutely. And 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 the small time miner with his single claim, who might even be doing pretty well, can't compete with outside interests who have a lot to invest because they've done the same thing in another place right. before. Right. And and Deadwood, and that's that's sort of the art, the story arc, right? Of of the Deadwood series is how the local folks who have literally cobbled together this town out of the ground right are now having to put up with the rich folks coming into town and telling them well i, I own and run things now right and here's how it's going to be right and it's, and it's and you know one of the other themes and we're not going to get too far into deadwood but it's applicable you know is is this theme of these people that have come in and built a store and built a house the roots they've started to have right roots now the Deadwood mines were far more productive than the ones in Georgia for a longer time. Right. But still, people put down roots and felt, I've, I've got a place here. Now, with Georgia, you know, with the heyday of the Dahlonega mine only being that, that 10 to 12, maybe 15 year, I mean, stuff kept going, but that was the heyday. You know, how attached did these people get to Dahlonega or wherever? And, you know, enough of them did that the, sta- the town continue to exist usually the people that did well enough to to make a living yeah yeah but you know it's not too long after that the famous you know 1849 gold rush 48 49 50s in california and a lot of the guys that had been just the you know the target of opportunity small-time speculators they do run off i mean you know yeah a lot of people leave delonica some of the guys that were still working those hills oh i hear there's easier pickings well, sure, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take three months out of my life and cross the United States because you can get rich quick. Because I can get rich quick. Wait, what? Like uh, I did here. Like I did here. Uh, uh, and, and you know, and I think, I think out there, the the corporation mining probably even took off quicker than it did here. So because you know, people started to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. So so once again, all those and, all and, those the, and you know, minor forty nine er types. Go, it's like you're now you're really right. and to cl- and to clarify the the Deadwood stuff was post Civil War. Post Civil War, exactly. This is this is it's the 1870s. 70, I can't remember what yeah. what year the, right. the but the 70s the, and 80s yeah. and into the 90s. Yeah, exactly. But you see, but it's this series of, of of gold rushes, right? And and you know if you can get in on the ground floor early, right? Which is which is how Hearst had made his fortune getting on the ground floor at another one, right? He'd gotten some money. He realized that he could overpower local interests right. and factions, like Facts, you say, those exactly. factions, exactly. And, and, uh, and become king. Exactly. 
And then, you know, the other, the other big U.S. gold rush after, after of course, California, or the, 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 the two different Alaska ones, one of which is really, really Canada. But, you know, <laughs> people went up anyway. For, for purely non-historic reasons, the Alaska gold rushes are one of my favorites because it led to a movie with Bob Hope and Bing Crosby called The Road to Alaska, one of their famous <laughs> road movies, series of road movies. It's just... Hilarious. Well, you know, well, you know who went up to Alaska for one of those rushes was uh, Wyatt Earp. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. that's why he he had gone to Tombstone. Right. To to because he'd gotten a silver mine. So it's a it, lot of people. It, yeah. This lure of being able to get precious metals right. and, and make money off of it that can get them rich quick. It's all through. It is very intertwined with the story of westward expansion. Right. For, for U.S. And, history and also this this running theme. American consciousness of rugged individual. Right. The rugged individual strikes it rich on his own. Did he really? Who, did, yeah. did he make that pick yeah. and shovel? And Five did, he, of them did, he, did. did he train that horse? Well, I'm getting it, but I mean, oh, yeah. even really, and he sewed his own. It, all of that was all done by him, and then he took. But yeah, it, it is. It fits into all those tropes. But you know, the, uh, and of course, the Alaskan gold rushes give rise to some of my favorite books from childhood by Jack London, mm-hmm. White Fang, Call of the Wild. Uh, and, you know, and I have to, I have to, Dangerously take this opportunity to <laughs> to to encourage our, our our history brethren up in Dahlonega that, that as you portray gold miners coming in in the eighteen twenties and thirties, and we we've struggled this with the history center too. Make sure you portray them as as the way they would have looked in right. the eighteen twenties and thirties, uh, because again the pop. And I say this because you were pointing out the popular consciousness. Mm-hmm. The popular consciousness. Is Yukon Pete mm-hmm. with a, a shovel and a mule, and he basically looks like a bedraggled Civil War soldier. <laughs> and that's how not pe- that's not how people that's dressed not. in the 1820s and 30s. That's not. Uh, it would have been a totally different look. Um, what the, is that the uh, modern, illustration? The modern pans that you see with the ridges in it—that's not what they would have had right. in the 20s and 30s. Right. What What is that illustration you you based your uh, oh coat the, on? Uh, by Basil Hall. Basil Hall, no, a British. It was uh, a British. Yeah, a Br- we may have talked about this before. I sorry, I'm sorry if we have. Well, but it's relevant again. Let's it, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, because you know he, he was a British officer. He came through on tour in America to see the the wild frontier. This which was, was in, Georgia. Which was Georgia. It was like 1828, 29 that he was down here, and he brought with him a camera obscura, which is a prism type mirror that you can catch the reflection of something you're looking at and draw it on a piece of paper. So he has these drawings. Of and he's named them like Georgia Backwoods Squatter, yeah, and it's and the guy's wearing it's a it's a it's a tall round hat we would call it a top hat he's got on a, a vest he's got on a tailcoat he's got on striped trousers I uh, mean you know that's not that, what that's a prospect, what they would look but, like but that's it that's not what you think he'd look like but that's what he'd and look you like you know they're they're going to take their coat off to wait out there in the in the stream but right they're still going to have their shirt they're still going to have their waistcoat and it's just it's just a different look and and I so I so want us to represent those 20s and 30s miners right. Right. looking the way they would have actually looked yeah yeah absolutely for complaints about this see our previous episode on on front <laughs> on everything on everything <laughs> our on previous everything. episode where we rail about the way people dress and, uh, and, and how and, it's not accurate but yeah. you know uh <laughs> We mentioned Jack London and, and those, uh, you know, those Alaskan rushes. You know, those rushes were done, those were, you know, when you say rush, rush is always a relative term depending on what the technology right. is. But finally, because those are the 1890s into the early 1900s, you finally got steamships, telegraph, 
and railroad. I mean, a lot, a lot of people more quickly than ever for a right. gold rush rushed up there, and you know more quickly than ever realized, oh, this is why it's called Alaska. Yes, we're going back now. <laughs> it's it's cold, and my fingers see are Johnny Horton off. songs. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so I think we will we will now since we've run out of time, come back from Alaska to Georgia. <laughs> see, Liv, I did it, and uh, we will we will see y'all. We will not see anyone because it's a podcast. Anyone. But for but you know for heaven's sake, if you want to. Um, Email us questions or yep. post any questions. If you've got topics you want to hear us Absolutely, ramble on about, please. let us know. And, and follow us on the Facebook, all the things. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Even though I just said we wouldn't. Then Again with Ken and Glenn is a production of the Cottrell Digital Studio at the Northeast Georgia History Center. If you've enjoyed listening to Then Again with Ken and Glenn, please make sure that you subscribe and help us out by writing a review. To learn more about the Northeast Georgia History Center, visit www.negahc.org.